0: How can average working citizens like us? How can we reform our unjust financial system to erode the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich, and redistribute that wealth and power to average working citizens without relying on politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor and founder of Stakeholder Enterprise. So I am very, very excited for today's episode. Uh, This is where we are going to wrap up our discussion on giving ourselves the best possible chance to reform using the five steps to success. And we're really going to bring together uh, how all of these five steps are interconnected. And even if you don't have one of these steps operating well, it it leaves us vulnerable to failure. So we are going to start things off talking about the ancient Egyptians. Now this civilization lasted for 3000 years. And so yes, they were using the five steps to success. So prior to the ancient Egyptians, there were uh, hunters and gatherers living in Egypt along this Nile region. And uh, every year, uh, the Nile would flood. It would, the, the, the waters would crest, and it would go over the banks and, and flood everything, and it would displace the, the hunter and gatherer tribes that were there. And it made it difficult for them to survive using hunter hunting and gathering. Uh, on top of that, there wasn't a, a lot of animals that lived there, so it was mainly gathering that was happening. And so, after a while, uh, they noticed that the best time to gather was after these floods, and they and they saw oh these grains that uh, that. You know, were, were nourished them and, and how they survived, and they had their best uh, uh, gathering season after these floods. So um, they wanted to increase their chance of survival. So they they used a new vehicle of change, and instead of continuing uh, being hunters and gatherers, they became uh, uh, farmers and used agriculture. And that was their new vehicle of, of, of change w- was agriculture, which was huge and, and really helped them uh, survive. Uh, so, uh, but um, all this agriculture work is, is backbreaking and it took a lot of time and, and effort and energy. So they needed to uh, use their, the, the second step, automation. So what did they do? <clears throat> they invented uh, the ox plow. Which which helped uh, automate their uh, the task of of uh, digging and and getting rows for the seeds to go in. Now they still had to to uh, break up the clumps with with uh, you know these hoes and that was labor intensive. But what a huge improvement of using the plow to to be able to automate. Uh, the the uh, labor intensive work of just uh, building, uh, uh, digging these rows. They also used automation techniques of irrigation. And instead of waiting every year for this flood to happen, uh, they they used irrigation and created a canal system. And, and so the floods would, every year, uh, they would fill up the canals and, and, and reservoirs and, and be able to use uh, these ir- uh, very complicated and complex irrigation systems to, to automate this watering process, which again, in- increased their uh, chances of survival and, and really built the, the community up. So the, the third step was diversification. Uh, and they didn't just rely on one crop. Um, their, their main staple crop was emmer, which is like a wheat type grain. Uh, but they they didn't grow just that they also uh, grew uh chickpeas and lentils and and onions and garlic and, and and a whole host of things uh for for them to have a well balanced diet and and be able to um uh to really thrive in this not only did they have a food based crops but they also had uh, uh other crops to make their uh, clothes and, and uh, ropes and papers with uh, papyrus and flax. So So they were diversified on, on many levels with their with their crop growing. And all of this uh, diversification uh, led to um, uh, a low cost, which is our, our step number four, We want to have a low cost. All this diversification uh, led to uh, an automation led to the the cost of food going way, 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 way down. And it, it allowed for the population to explode. And, and really, once you have this a population explosion, uh, now you can have, and the food being such a low cost, well, now you have specialization occurring. And that's when they were able to take steps forward in science and medicine, and were able to live longer because of this. Now, uh, of course, this is mainly for uh, you know the noble class. Uh, they were the ones that got the special treatment, um, and also the low cost was. Uh, you have to mention slavery was a thing, um, and which was common back then. Uh, you know they considered it their their right uh, as as nobility, and that the gods favored them, and that's why they were entitled to to have slaves to work for them. And, and that really was also a, a big thing for, for the low cost, which is obviously horrible. But you know, 3,000 years, the this, this civilization uh, you know, not just survived, but just really grew and built incredible structures and the pyramids and, and uh, the Sphinx and all these amazing things that they were doing. Uh, community, that's our, our, the fifth and final step. Yeah, they had tremendous community uh I just mentioned they were able to build these,, uh, you know, amazing structures. Uh, but on top of that, they the uh, the Egyptian um, the state, uh, the, the state of uh, the, you know, the civilization of Egypt uh, and the pharaohs and things like that, they they had their own kind of country at that point. And the state really uh, regulated and, and monitored a lot of these canals and, and built them uh, to to maintain, uh, to to make sure that the water wasn't being wasted, so they they used their community to to help survive, and not only that, uh, through specialization, they had people who were able to make clothes. Uh, you know, they had artisans and and smiths and and things like that, and all of that helped for them to to survive for for that three thousand years. So, what happened to them? Well. Um, they weren't. Uh, two two main things uh, happened to them for for their demise for the fall of the e- Egyptian Empire. Uh, first of all, they weren't diversified enough. Uh, they relied heavily on the Nile River. That was everything to them. Without the Nile, um, it was. They had no water. They had. They needed this yearly flood to happen, and it happened every year on point for thousands of years. So in their mind, they they weren't thinking that they needed to be diversified. But um, all of a sudden, uh, it stopped flooding and uh, through these droughts. And so uh, because they were relying just on the Nile, it it, it created uh, famine and uh, a major decline in the Egyptian empire. On top of that, uh, the the community aspect, um not only did they treat a, a, a lot, you know a huge amount of their population uh, horribly, you know, as slaves, but on, on top of that, uh, the Egyptian uh, empire was divided towards the end and and there was two separate empires, which made it way uh, easier for foreign invaders to conquer them, which eventually happened. Uh, with the Roman Empire annexing them uh I don't know you know 300 BC something like that so that there was that's how they fell they they fell because the the five steps uh, weren't continued they didn't have the diversification um, and they didn't continue with the with the sense of community okay so how does the Egyptian Empire have? You know, what does that have to do with anything of reforming a financial system? Okay. So let's talk about the traditional vehicle of change in uh, United States of America, which is our uh, political political action, political process. That's, that's the vehicle of change that we use, democracy, which is wonderful. It, it gives, uh, you know, uh, uh, everyone can have a, a vote. Everyone can have a voice, and, and it, it has done tremendous things in advancing uh, human civilization. Um, you know, United States of America was really the first country to have democracy. Yes, you had Greek city states uh, where there was democratic process, but it but it wasn't on the scope that United States uh, was, and it was really uh, uh, the first you know real country. That that had a, a, a real democracy and it inspired the world to um, you know have their own revolutions and create their own democracies. So okay, so vehicle of change, uh, uh, political action, uh, political process. Okay, so it, it automated? Uh, no, uh, the political process for the most part isn't automated. Yes, we can automate counting votes and, and things like that but it still requires uh, a large uh, volunteer uh, process to, to to have that happen very manually intensive you know it, it, you have to go to a place to vote um, and our voter turnout is horrible you know we're, we're less than 50 percent even in presidential elections so it's not automated. Yes, there has been steps to try and make it easier to vote with the mail-in process. I know in, where I live in Hawaii, it's all mail-in, which makes it so much easier for me to vote. I can just you know, send it in. But there are uh, states around the country that are, are afraid of uh, voter fraud and they don't want to have mail-in voting. Uh, okay, so it, it's not automated. Is it diversified? Well, somewhat somewhat diversified. Um, you know, there are two political parties, so we do have a, a diverse choice, and throughout the history of the United States, there have been both political parties in uh, controlling having power so so th- it is somewhat diversified um. And not, not only is there um, elections part of the political process, but also um, the judicial system. There's a, a legal way uh, to process, uh, to 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 change, uh, to have that reform. So so there's two different uh, things. But um, I've been involved in, in in my lifetime in seven presidential elections. And you know we're, we're we're stuck with just two candidates, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard other people say, maybe you've said this yourself, but oh, I'm I'm choosing between the lesser of two evils. It doesn't seem like we have a diversified uh, candidates. We don't have enough candidates to to really uh, or political parties that that are are, are able to uh, you know meet this demand. For diversification, it's more of a I, I'm going to go with this party because they're the closest thing that I have, and winning is more important than letting the other guys win. Uh, so it's somewhat diversified, but certainly you can use some improvement on that. Uh, low cost, uh, yes and no. Uh, voting's free, um, uh, protesting is free, writing a letter to your congressperson. Uh, I mean, what is that, a stamp, cost of a stamp, cost of an envelope, cost of a, a letter, very low cost. So so in that regards, yes. Um, and that's why it, it has been uh, successful is because it's this low cost. Um, but if you're talking about the judicial uh, system of reform, that is not low cost. Uh, you, have, you have to pay uh, attorneys and lawyers and uh, the powerful corporations, the big banks—they're able to afford uh, the attorneys and lawyers, really good ones. And uh, and really, there's a uh, been studied. If you have better lawyers, you're gonna win most of the time. Okay, so low cost, yes and no. Uh, community, well, um, there is a, a community. Uh, uh, you have really. Know kind of two communities you have a liberal community and a conservative community, so it's not a it's hard to think of an American community in in a sense, Uh, there is, but we're we're very divided, and I I don't think that's a stretch here. And in fact, we're divided within uh, uh, the liberal and conservative communities. In the liberal community, you have uh, you know, your democratic socialists, progressives, you have your uh, a- academics, you have uh, you know liberal elites, uh, and you have you know a, kind of more of a working class liberal as well. Um, and then on the conservative side, it's also very divided, where you have uh, nationalists and populists, you have um, uh, religious and Christian conservatives, uh, you have uh, uh, you know your Wall Street type conservatives. Uh, and also, uh, just your regular working class conservative a, a, as well. So, community. There is a community that helps your specific little tiny group. Well, not that tiny, but it's divided. So you have a community. If your uh, your community is the progressives, then yes, they support you and look after you and and trying to help. But it, it doesn't. You're not looking after the entire American community. So. In some ways, it, it's suffering the, the same uh, problems that uh, ancient Egypt has, has suffered oh, oh, with, with community. Okay, so let's move on and talk about uh, a different vehicle of change. The vehicle of change that uh, I've been uh, talking about and the reason why I started uh, this company is because of this new vehicle of change that has been presented to us. It's amazing crowd investing crowd investing now if you haven't listened to episodes three four and five then what i'm going to be talking about may not make a lot of sense so so go back and if you haven't listened to those episodes pause this one right now go back and listen to episodes three four and five uh it's uh episode three how to stop uh the abuse from banks uh the next uh four is how the super rich uh, legally rigged our financial system, episode five is home ownership uh, uh, for all. So so if, if you haven't listened to that, what I'm going to be saying may not make a whole lot of sense. Okay, the vehicle of change, crowd investing. Is it automated? Yeah, it's automated. Um, there are many different uh, crowd investing platforms where it automatically uh, it drafts money out of your bank account. Uh, on a monthly basis. Some of them even do it on a weekly basis if, if you choose to. it it's not uh, set that it's not a default setting. You do have to choose manually choose to automate. But yes, is it automated? Yes, very easy to automate it. Not only will it automatically draft money out of your account, but once it does, uh, it will automatically invest it uh, into into different projects. So, so that's something else. Even if you didn't have auto-draft, you can have auto-invest. Uh, on top of that, there's auto-reinvest. The income that's coming in from the investments can be automatically reinvested. So here you are, you're using this vehicle of change, and you're, it, it, you're able to uh, uh, erode wealth and, and power from the big banks, traditional corporations, and the super-rich in your sleep automatically. So easy to do. Set it and forget it, like that that uh, toaster commercial. If you ever anyone saw that, or, or no, maybe I'm dating myself. Okay, automated, yes. Diversified, incredibly diversified. Uh, there, not only is you know, there's the the main three. You have uh, crowd lending, you have equity crowdfunding, and you have real estate crowdfunding. But there's diversity within. Uh, each uh, of those three. And on top of that, you can uh, diversify in many, 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 many different projects and and companies uh, because of the nature of crowd investing. Um, And this also has to do with the the next thing I'm going to be talking about, the next step, low cost. Because of this low cost, you're able to diversify bank level. So there are platforms, ten dollar minimum investment requirement, and you could, you know, with with thousand dollars, you can be uh, diversified into hundred different loans. Uh, you're you could be diversified in hundred different people, a uh, hundred different companies. It's it's really uh, uh, the diversification is unlike anything that that uh, can be matched uh, in a political sense. Um, low cost. Yeah, very, very low cost. As I mentioned, ten dollars. Um, there are crowd investments uh, to uh, for community development financial assist, uh, institutions, which you know, as it's as I just said, it's their whole purpose is to develop communities that have no minimum requirement. You can invest a dollar and and start uh, helping uh, develop your community which takes us to our fifth step here. Is there a community? Yes. Crowd investing by its very nature is community-orientated because of the crowd in it. You are joining a group of people who have see the same uh, direction. They all want to go, there's no like, Oh, should we go this direction or that direction? No, it's everybody wanting to go the same direction, and it's this large group. So it's there's community is built in to crowd investing, as the name states, crowd investing. On top of that, this is what I'm doing here. Another reason why I I started this company is to create a, a community of crowd investors to to have that, a, a voice to 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 be that change. So so community. Uh, yeah completely um now I I also want to mention not just um, uh, the way to reform uh, as I say in the beginning of all of my podcast I am an activist investment advisor so we talked about the activism part about the reform and we compared crowd investing to uh, political action uh, so, but Let's I'm going to briefly talk about the investment advisor part. So as an investment advisor, I have something called a fiduciary duty. That means um, I am both legally and ethically uh, obligated to look out after my client's best financial interest. Okay, so let's talk about the traditional uh, vehicle for investing. Which is investing in the the public market of investments, which is uh, publicly traded companies, stocks and bonds. So you're investing in corporate America. Uh, that's that's the vehicle that's currently used for investing. Is it automated? Yeah, uh, you can uh, automate your investment, same as crowd investing, uh, auto draft, auto invest, very automated. Uh, there, you know, nothing bad to say about that. Diversified, yeah, it's cr- incredibly diversified. There's something called ETFs, electronically traded funds, where where you could buy just one fund um, and oftentimes you could, you know, you know under a $100 as well uh, for, for one share. And you can be invested in the entire stock market. Or uh, it's not just the stock market because you, you're investing in stocks and bonds. A, a bond, by the way, is a loan, uh, and typically you're, you know, it's a corporate bonds is what you're buying. Um, you can also buy municipal bonds, but I don't want to get too much detail uh, about that, you get in the weeds here. So, so we have corporate bonds, uh, and diversify, and you can, there are ETFs for corporate bonds as well. Okay, low cost, yeah, somewhat low cost, as I mentioned, uh, you could, you could buy most. Uh, shares of ETFs, you know, you're looking under hundred dollars. Uh, however, with the bonds um, and also stocks, you know, there's penny stocks, there's uh, all, all kind of stuff that you can do. to 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 uh, Is it low cost? Yes. Is it easy to get into? Uh, there really isn't any barriers. It is more complicated because uh, stocks and companies and you're evaluating stuff. It's it's a little tricky. It's it's harder to understand than. Uh, crowd investments, you know, doing a simple loan bonds are easier to understand, but most bonds have a minimum investment requirement of thousand uh, dollars, which is not low cost. Yes, you can do bond ETFs, uh, but there are some pros and cons to that, uh, and I'm not going to get into that as well. So, is it is it low cost? Uh, somewhat. Um, what about the community? Again there is somewhat a community. And as I mentioned in my last podcast, I talked about FINRA, which is the uh, non-government regulation agency for investment advisors. And it looks out for the investor in general. So there is this community of FINRA, but uh, your average investor doesn't even know about FINRA. They don't feel like they're part of a community. And in fact, Uh, investing in the stock market and bonds, it it really has this every man for himself um, thing happening. That's why there are uh, these panic sells and these sell-offs because everyone's thinking, I don't want to lose my money. I got to panic. I got to sell, sell, sell. I got to get something out of it. And then you have these big crashes. And that's that's a, a huge a downside uh f- from a investment ad- advisor standpoint is this lack of community and 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 why i think crowd investing is a a better uh choice for investing uh financially using th- my fiduciary duty i don't think investing in the public market is uh looking out for your best financial interest that's that's my perspective and that's why i i don't Recommend stocks and bonds from a financial perspective. Also, from an activist perspective, there are reasons not to invest in corporate America. You don't want to, you know, corporate bottom line you're investing in, outsourcing, um, manufacturing, uh, and, you know, authoritarian controlled countries, you know. they're exploiting the, the vulnerable populations around the world, all kind of uh, horrible stuff on the activism side. But I, as an investment advisor, I, that I can't take into consideration uh, And, and, and legal, from a legal standpoint. I can't be an investment advisor if I don't look out for your financial best interest. And because of this lack of community in the public market. This is why um, I, I don't think it's in your fi- best financial interest to be uh, invested in, in the stock market. All right. Um, that's, that's, that wraps it up uh, for, for today. And uh, I'll see you next week because I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too.